Glad to see you too. You and this Jeff know you cool because he don't know. Yeah, we be quiet while they get to Yeah, because I'll pick up your voice for writing the wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Rogers now has heard. Because I heart was tender and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord when thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse. And has rent thy clothes and wept before me. I also have heard thee, said the Lord. Behold, therefore I will gather thee unto thy father, and thou shalt be gathered unto thy grave in peace, and thy eyes shall see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. And as I was reading this, praise the Lord, you know, you got to know what happened and the reason why it came to that. And as I was reading the whole chapter of this, praise the Lord, come to find out, first of all, Josiah Young was redoing the temple, praise the Lord, and renovating, in other words, getting done, trying to purify it. And it came upon the book of law because it was hidden, which I'm quite sure um, whatever temple that was, praise the Lord, was hidden under some type of silver. So apparently, Judah was doing a lot of stuff then, but when they found that book of law, the real book of law, that's when the priest read, praise the Lord. And it started him because of all the stuff that Judah was doing. They was going by their own, how you say, their own Instead of doing what God said. So Josiah was trying to figure out what that was talking about, what the book of law was talking about. Praise the Lord. And he had to send a priest to that prophet's daughter. Praise the Lord. And she read. She was the type of prophetess that just came out and told. Got prophets that's like that. If God, when God sent or tell somebody or send somebody to that person, and I know a lot of people have been through the experience about that because I will come up to you and tell me God said such and such and such. God said that. Praise the Lord. You can't just sit up there and just God said try the spirit to see if they're God. Yes, you do. But if you know that the Lord had told you this, you're going to know. And Hoodler was that type of prophet. She wasn't no, she wasn't no, how you say, beat around the bush prophetess. 
You know what I'm saying? Fulfill what God has put in place. Amen. Amen. Sister Teacher. Sister Teacher. I, I just want to read something. It says, sin has consequences. It is not possible to forsake God, worship false gods, image made out of wood and stone that can neither speak nor hear, and escape God's judgment. But God is merciful. He offers hope. God's justice may be avoided or deferred if there is repentance, as the example of Nineveh demonstrates. Lord. 
what the people deserve.
Sister teacher, I like the uh, uh, Veneta. We still on Veneta's question. Why is God respond which He spoke through held or justified or right? Okay, I I found this at the bottom. I was looking. It said, but if a nation and individuals persist in sin and wickedness, there come a time. When the sentence can no longer be averted, real repent, real repentance has to become impossible. And pretending to repent would only provoke God more. So strong because he already know you know that 
he already know what, what your heart is, what you gonna do, how you gonna think about it. He thought he already know your thought. He know the very end on your head. How you think you gonna think about it? The, the creator of you, and, and that's what people go wrong at thinking they can out think God. God, just be honest with what you what's going on with you, cause God already know. That's why I live the life that I live. I ain't got nothing to have from God. just 
No, they say the uh, sister teacher. They say that 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 you Democrats, y'all, y'all got a you know a ring of kids that y'all are pedophiles. You 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 people, you people Democrats, y'all got all them kids. Y'all are pedophiles. That's what they say. They just li- they just line line line. They made that stuff up, and you got folks that believe that and to kill somebody about that.
song. Just like it was. 
second hour of our morning worship. We thank God for the, all the Red Blum Fox podcast listeners. We give you a shout out. Uh, Central of the Philippines, uh, Thuringia, Germany, Virginia, 
Washburn, Virginia, Washington, Virginia, Virginia, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, Worcester, Ohio, Texas, Dallas, Texas. We still praying for you, Dallas. We haven't forgot you. We still praying for you. Lavelle Land, uh, Texas, Garland, Texas, California, uh, St. Joe's, California, Mountain View, California, Oakland, New Jersey, Clifton, New Jersey, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, Washington, Seattle, Washington, Oregon, Boardman, Oregon, South Africa, Western Cape, South Africa, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin Dales, Georgia, uh, Alabama and Montgomery, Alabama. We thank God for all the podcasts listening. We give you a shout out this morning. We appreciate you. As we go into our morning worship, uh, I need you, Dick and John, to be prepared. And Danielle and, and Vanetta, I need you to be prepared as we move on in our morning worship today. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, first of all, we thank you. We thank you, God, for blessing us because you gave us another day. You knew, God, that we would be here before we even knew. We thank you, God, that we could stop by this morning and give you some praise and give you some worship. And, oh, God, we stopped by so we could learn more of your word. Oh, because you said man should not live by bread alone, but by every mouth, every word that proceeded out of your mouth. And we thank you, and we looking and listening and praying and believing in you, the God that made the heavens and the earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are God. The God of Moses, you are God. And we thank you for being our God. We thank you, God, for saving us. Oh, God, we ask right now that you forgive us today for every idle word, every idle thought. You told us to repent. We repent today for anything that's not like you. We said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing, you forgive us. Yes, and we thank you that for your hand of forgiveness. And we believe by faith that you have given us a clean slate on this morning. And we thank you for your forgiving hand. We thank you, God, for food on our table and clothes on our back. We thank you for shelter. We thank you in the midst of a pandemic. You have kept us. You have kept us all alive. And we want to say thank you for it. We appreciate you. We don't take you for granted. Because you are God and you are God alone. And we thank you because you're the God that never sleep. You never slumber. And we want to say thank you for taking care of us in the midst of a pandemic. Now, God, we ask you continue to bless us one by one, name by name. Continue to look over us in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Deacon John? Can you hear me, Pastor? Yep. Six. 
Amen. Missionary Danielle is coming. Statement of faith. We believe the Bible to be the inspired and only infallible written word of God. We believe that there is one God eternally existent in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe in the blessed hope, which is the rapture of the church of God, which is in Christ in his return. We believe that the only means of being cleansed from sin is through repentance and faith in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We believe that the regeneration by the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential for personal salvation. We believe that, re that the redemptive work of Christ on the cross provides healing for the human body and answer to believing prayer. We believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit according to Acts 2 and 4, is given to believers who ask for it. We believe in the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit by whose indwelling the Christian is enabled to live a holy and separate life in this present world. Amen. Amen. Vanetta? Are you there? Can you hear me? Yep. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for those that tithe it, that take care of your work. And God, we ask that you bless the tithe payers. Now, God, bless those that give. Bless them in a special way. And then turn around and bless those that did not have to give, that they may not be ashamed. Bless them, God, in a special way. And God, bless your seed payers. Bless them 100-fold. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. I need you to stand by. We got two selections, and then we'll be ready for our early speaker, Evangelist Veronica Stanton. Stand by. Thank you, Lord. All right. We're in the hands of our early speaker. Let's say amen for him. Evangelist uh, Veronica, can you turn your volume up a little more? No, we need we need a little more. 
cut your uh video off. That's on her end. Cut your video on. Okay. No, you turned it back off. Okay, this.
Amen. We thank the Lord uh, for that early word. And we're going to keep moving swiftly. Uh, if you going to follow me, go to Philippians 3. We're going to look at Philippians 3. We're going to look at that fifth and sixth verse. We started, we stopped off last week as we begin to deal with Paul. And you have to remember that at this time that Paul is writing, Paul is, is in prison and he's chained to another man as he writes. And I find that very, very impressive. The man was in prison, chained to another man, but he's writing to the churches that he had planted, telling them and giving them a word and telling them how to move on. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your early word. We thank you for your Sunday school. Now, God, bless us, God. Don't let us misinform anyone, but bless us. Continue to let your word saturate us, God. Continue, God, to let it flow in our hearts and our minds. And let us not only hear, but let us be a doer of your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We find ourselves with Paul in prison and He's probably looking out of a dungeon at Nero's chopping block. Nero was chopping off heads and he wasn't playing games back in that time. So there's Paul probably looking out the window and seeing men's heads getting chopped off, but he's still writing. He's not afraid. So he picks up his pen and he begins to write Philippians 3, 5, and 6 circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, prosecuting the church concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Paul had told him he was circumcised the eighth day. Paul first listed four things that was that were his possessions by birth. All reasons why we might have confidence in the flesh. One, Paul was circumcised the eighth day in accordance with Leviticus 12 and 3. Two, Paul was of the stock of Israel, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and therefore inherit to God's covenant with them. Three, Paul was in the tribe of Benjamin, a distinguished tribe. Benjamin was distinguished by the fact that he gave Israel her first king, Saul, 1 Samuel 9, 1 and 2. It was the tribe that aligned itself with faithful Judah when Israel divided into two nations at the time of Rehoboam, 1 Kings 12 and 21. It was also the tribe that had the city of Jerusalem within its boundaries. Four, Paul was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. This contrasted him with the Jews who embraced Greek culture as it spread throughout the Mediterranean. At that time, many Jews became ashamed of their Jewishness and tried to live and act as much like Greeks as they could, sometimes even to the point of having the circumcision cosmetically restored or hidden 
so they could enjoy the Roman public bath without being noticed as Jews. In contrast, Paul was raised by his parents as a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, Paul then listed three things that were his by personal choice and conviction, all reason why. Paul was, Paul was concerning the law of the Pharisees. This tells us that amongst the elite people, so we find the Pharisees thought that they were elite people. Hmm. So we find them thinking they're elite people. The Jews, Paul was an elite sex. The Pharisees, who were noted for their devotion of the law of God. Let me go back. That was sect, S-E-C-T, sect. Paul was an elite sect, the Pharisees, who were noted for their devotion to the law of God. There were not very many Pharisees, never more than 6,000, but they were the spiritual athletes of Judaism. Hmm. Their very name means separate ones. They had separated themselves off from all common life and from all common tasks in order to make it the one aim of their lives to keep every smallest detail of the law. The concern that the Pharisees for, for, for keeping the law is reflected in passages like Matthew 23 and 23. Paul was not merely an intellectual opponent of, of perceiving heresies against Judaism. He was also an active fighter against them. Even in his blindness to God, Paul's observation that the Jews of his day had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. You can run this race with a zeal without knowledge. That's why when you first get saved, you need to go somewhere and sit down and be taught. Because you have a lot of zeal. And with zeal, you would just run. You would run right into a car. You would run right into somebody. You would run to a place where you ain't got no business at. Zeal. So here Paul was, he, he, he said, Paul's observation that the Jews of his day had a zeal for God, but they not according to knowledge. So he knew. They only knew the law. They didn't know too much about God. They knew the laws of God, not just the Ten Commandments. Was true of his own life before God confronted him on the road to Damascus. This shows that Paul achieved the standard of righteousness, which was accepted amongst the men of his day, though his standard fell short of God's holy standard because of how the law was interpreted and taught. There were those of that day who were deceived into thinking that they really were blameless. I heard somebody talking about that today. I, I think it was Evangelist Vonda when she was teaching, was saying that, we can't think ourselves to be so perfect. We can't think ourselves to be so righteous. We can't think of ourselves to be so good. Righteousness only comes once we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Then we become righteous. But that don't mean we become perfect in life, in living life. That's, that's not so. But some people believe that. So here we are. There were those of that day who were deceiving into thinking that they really were blameless 
like the rich young ruler in Luke 18 and 18 to 23. In summary, if anyone could lay claim to please God by law, keeping in the works of the flesh, it was Paul. He was far more qualified than his legalism opponents were to make such a claim. Philippians, go to 7, verse 3 and 7. Paul rejects all confidence in the flesh. He goes on, he said, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Everything that we learned in the world, everything that we thought was something, when we became to know Jesus Christ, you, you got to put it away. You could just throw it all away. All the knowledge we learned in the world, but not of God. Paul said he counted as nothing. Whatever he gained, whatever degrees he had of the world, whatever things he has accomplished, he counted all lost for Christ. Listen at this. Any of the corrupting teachers Paul warned against would be proud to claim Paul's pedigree. Yet Paul made it plain, these things have our counted loss for Christ. The word gain is plural in the Greek, namely gains with an S. Loss is singular. The various gains are all counted as one loss. He was skilled in spiritual arithmetic and very careful in his reckoning. He cast up his accounts with caution and observed with a diligent eye for, for losses and his gains. Paul counted these things lost. It wasn't so much that they were lost by their very character as much as to, as to choose to regard them as lost. They were lost not so much because they were harmful to Paul, but because these things were these things were way in which Paul sought to please God in his energy of the flesh. Before Paul became a Christian, he thought all things made uh, him a success uh, of the effort to please God by works. Uh, we said that Paul's attitude was the same that Jesus described in the parable of the pearl of great price. Matthew 13, 45-46. Paul uttered confidence in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Philippians 3 and 8. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. My Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost. Paul did not only count his religion and pedigree as a loss, he counted all things, but he counted them as a loss in view of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Yet indeed, the transition of fire particles, which later are literally, uh, uh, later are literally translated, yeah, indeed, therefore, at least even, and showed the force and passion of Paul's conviction. It wasn't so much that those things were worthless in themselves, but compared to the greatness of the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, they really were nothing. Paul here. Uh, put a personal relationship with Jesus Christ at the very center of the Christian life. 
he joyfully accepted the loss of all other things for the greatness of his personal relationship. In Philippians 3 and 7, Paul said that he counted in this verse, he said, also count the first counting was to his conversation. The second, some 30 years later, was in his Roman prison. After he had experienced, he still counted worthy to give everything up for the sake to follow Jesus Christ. All of us on this line, you got to give up all. We got to give up all. And, and, and I believe all of us on this line have gave up all. We have gave up the world. We have gave up the drinking. We have gave up the smoking the weed. We have gave up chasing the women and the men. We, we all have gave up everything that was in the world that we touched. And we thought that was important. Here Paul is. Taught by the best. But he was taught the law. They say he was always learning about the law. He said at Gesemeyer feet, and Gesemeyer was one of the greatest teachers of all, of all time. Paul sat at his feet, and he learned the law, not the Ten Commandments, y'all. It's more than the Ten Commandments. You have a law in there, if a woman get caught sleeping with a man, and he wasn't her husband, they would stone her. A woman that was caught in adultery, they would stone her. If your child got smart with you and began to stand up against you, they would take him out of the city and stone him. Paul knew the law, but he knew the law wasn't nothing once he received Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. After he had experienced, he still counted worthy to give everything up for the sake of following Jesus. After 20 years or more of experience, Paul had an opportunity of revisiting his balance sheet and looking again at his estimates and seeing whether or not he counted was correct. What was the issue of the, of the last search? How do matters stand as his last stock taken? He exclaimed with very special emphasis, Yeah, doubtfulness. And I account all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, from whom, whom I have suffered the loss of all things. This counting loss was not merely an eternal spiritual exercise. Paul had indeed suffered the loss of all things that he might gain Christ. I'm almost closing. This is demonstration by the place and circumstances under Paul wrote this letter, a Roman prison, where he truly could say that he has suffered the loss of all things. He is in prison writing. I would find it kind of dif difficult to write all that I have lost or gained in the state penitentiary. If you ever been to a penitentiary, which I pray none of you have, I hope you just seen it on TV or you went to visit somebody, 
Inside that prison is a cell. It's the smallest thing that you can live in that you can think of. I believe it was five by seven. And the only thing you had in there is a sink, a toilet, and a hard bed. I don't see how he could concentrate on writing to the people outside of the prison than when he was in prison. I find that very, very difficult and distracting because of prison life. But here we have Paul. Paul here used strong language. Literally, Paul considered them as excrement, as done, not only as worthless, but as offensive. The ancient Greek word for rubbish had one or two uses. It could describe extremis, excrement from the body or table scraps that were fit only to be thrown to the dogs. We may suppose that Paul would be comfortable in either meaning in this context. The word rubbish means the vilest dross or refuse of anything. The worst excrement. The word shows that utterly insignificance and unveiling in point of salvation. The apostles esteemed everything but the gospel of Jesus. I'm coming down to my close. I'm at the Paul, I'm at Philippians 3 and 9. The spiritual benefit of the gain is Jesus Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Because Paul, in him, he could renounce his own righteousness and live by the righteousness which is from God by faith. That's what we have to do. We have to denounce our own righteousness and live by Christ's righteousness, which is from God. The foundation for his spiritual life was in what Jesus had done for him and not in what he had done, was doing, or would do for Jesus in the future. Paul here exposed the great differences between the legal relationship stressed by his opponents and his personal connection with Jesus Christ. The differences between living and trusting in his own righteousness and living and trusting in God's righteousness given. He disowns his own righteousness as eagerly as other men disown their sin. And he highly esteemed the righteousness which Christ had wrote out for us, which becomes our faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. In the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. By any means, I have attained to the resurrection from the dead. This was Paul's simply plea of Paul's heart. It was a plea unknown to the legalists who must, necess who must necessarily focus on his own performance and status to feel to find some kind of peace with God. But Paul wanted Jesus, not self. To know Jesus, not the same as knowing his historical life. 
it is not the same as knowing correct doctrine regarding Jesus. It is not the same as knowing his morale example. And it is not the same as knowing his great work on our behalf. We can say that we know someone because we recognize him. Because we can distinguish what is different about him compared to other people. Coming to a close. Not to have already obtained or am, perfect, am already perfect, perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold on what on that for Christ, which is Christ. Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and I'm going to be reaching forward to those things which are ahead of me. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Paul wrote from such a spiritual maturity and purity that he might expect he believed that he has conquered all spiritual difficulties and saw himself as having arrived at near perfection. Yet, he assured us this was not so. There was no perfectionist in Paul. Sadly, it is common for many Christians, leaders to cultivate the attitude that they have already obtained. Saints, we haven't already obtained eternal life. We are still pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. We are still moving forward. We are still struggling with every struggles we may have because God said in our midst of our struggles that he will be with us always, even to the end of the world. So we have to continue on moving on. We can't say, I done already uh, arrived, uh, uh, I, I would say, uh, to, uh, to, to, to the saints. Y'all know I done already arrived. I, I done made it. I done, I done gained a, a, a spiritual perfection. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I done made it. I don't make no mistakes. I done grew up from everything that I need to grow up from. Oh, man, now I could teach, now I could preach, because I have arrived. No, we haven't arrived. Sadly, it is coming for many Christians, leaders, to cultivate the attitude that they have already obtained. Without saying the words, they put forth the, the image of constant triumph that gives the idea that they have already obtained and are already perfected. Because Paul realized that he had not arrived. There was only one option open for him. He had to press on. I'm coming to a close. This is where childlike faith meets real maturity. A child can't wait to be bigger and always wants to be more mature. But I press on meant that Paul had put his hand to the plow and refused to look back, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus had already laid hold on me. I press on for what Jesus wanted. His efforts was put forth to do God's will, not his own. When Paul said that I may lay hold, 
He used strong language. The word apprehend is from the Greek word translated obtain, but with a, a preposition prefix, which means in its locally is local force down. He wants to catch hold of it and pull it down like a football player who not only wants to catch this man, but wants to pull him down and make him his own. That's what Paul wanted to do. We thank God that we understand that we're not perfect. We understand that perfect really means to us mature. We are maturing daily. And the saints that are on here, you that are on here listening, you, you need to know, you need to know that you're precious. We are precious people. We come from a rural priesthood. You may can't see it now, but you keep on living. You may not see it on this side, but you hold on and wait and see. You will see the other side. I'm closing, but it's an old song the saints used to sing. Said, I believe I'll run on, and I'll see what the end going to be. Saints, we got to keep pressing, keep moving. We are righteous through Jesus Christ by faith. Not a nothing of we did, but because he died, that we may have a right to the tree of life. Listen, y'all hang in there. I see Beatrice got on the line. We appreciate her coming on the line. I see Charvin coming on the line. I see Tierra. I see Jeff. I see everybody that's on the line. And I appreciate y'all standing and listening. Thank you, Veronica. But I want y'all to know now, we got we got one more Sunday next month. We're getting ready to go back into the house of the Lord. So I want y'all to start preparing. I'm going to give y'all enough time to prepare. But I tell y'all now, Oh, oh, Wanda, I'm sorry. I didn't know you was on here. We, I thank God for you being being on here also. Appreciate you. So we're going to be looking. April going to be our last month probably on Zoom on Sundays. We kinda, I'm looking kind of. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling good about May, the beginning, to give you all time to get your mind and everything so we could be back in the house. We're only going to go on Sundays. We're going to be back on Zoom every Wednesday for Bible study until this thing blow over. I, and to be honest with y'all, I have to tell y'all the truth. I don't know if it's going to ever blow over. I, I, I really don't think that we the world going to be the same because of this. And I believe there's more things to come, but God got us covered. God got us covered. We, we're covered whichever way we go. Hey, if I live, I got Christ. If I die, I got gain. So either way it go, I got Christ both ways. So y'all be encouraged and let's hang on in there. We're getting ready to go back and keep looking up and we'll see 
what's going on because they talking about another one and all that and it's worse than I don't know I don't know what's gonna become of nothing anymore none of us do but we know one thing we have eternal life through Christ Jesus if we don't have nothing we know we got that as long as we stay with the Lord and keep the faith the Lord is blessing us in the midst of a pandemic anybody have any uh, distribution and y'all pray for her she wasn't feeling uh, well today when I spoke with her this morning I told her just stay in the bed you know it's, don't worry about it I got it just you know do what you need to do take care of yourself so let's continue to pray for her she should be uh, Wednesday be back on our Bible studies and our Bible studies been good y'all I tell you they've been good on Wednesday night uh, Yolanda, was you, was you on this? Yolanda, was you on this Wednesday when we was talking about the, uh, the role of a wife? Yeah, take it. No, I wasn't. This Wednesday, I wasn't. Oh, I'm telling you, it it it, it is good. If y'all, if you can get on, it's only an hour. Boy, she talked about the role of a wife, and and she we still on that, and then we're gonna talk about the role of a man as being a husband. And it's good. It, it's good. She ain't, she, she ain't beating y'all up. I I kind of throw it off on y'all. She she kind of <laughs> she kind of got me. But she said, "Oh oh oh, you want to let your gloves down, huh?" <laughs> she she said, "Oh oh you oh you 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 want to get raw, huh?" <laughs> and, and and I and look, I wasn't really hard, and I. I was just kind of joking around and saying when I go home, woman, you better get in that kitchen and cook my food. Where my food at? You know, <laughs> so I was just being silly, y'all. <laughs> if I if I told my wife that, I, me and Danielle would never eat if I told my wife that. <laughs> no, you be starving. <laughs> oh Lord, I tell you. So we are. In, go ahead. Yeah, no, we're going to have that on the uh, phone, on the call-in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we still got our prayer line at 430 Thursday. We're only going to go up to the church on Sundays until things really start getting better. You know, so like I told you, I don't know which direction it's going to go. And I can't promise you all that we're going to open up and this thing hit and, and the president shut us all down or the government. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do and I don't know where it's going to go. we just going to depend on the Lord and keep moving forward. We we can't, you know. So, and, and, we, and, we, and we do know eventually, eventually we're not going to be able to go into church when that time comes. If we are still here, us and whoever else. Uh, that's going to be shut down. That's going to be shut down. And I mean, it ain't going to be shut down because no virus. It's going to be shut down because of man. The Bible, the, the Bible has, it has to fulfill. So we, we can't, we, we can say that we got a taste of it by being on Zoom. So we're going to keep moving forward and we're going to see what things are going to turn out to be. We're just going to take one day at a time and live our best to the fullest. we already saved, so we don't have to work to be saved. We're saved. Ain't, ain't, ain't no works going to get us in. Our faith is, our faith is going to take us there. 
All right, love y'all. And I tell y'all, listen, y'all got to remember y'all precious people. Yeah, go ahead, Vanetta. Uh huh. Yep. Okay, well, listen, we're getting ready to close out, and, 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 and we're going to touch agree. We're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, first of all, God, we come thanking you for such a great word because your word is great. Your word, your word is food, God, and we thank you, God. We thank you that you feed us, and God, continue to feed us until we want no more. God, we pray right now for Darlene. God, we pray for her shoulder. We pray for her neck. We pray for whatever the enemy is trying to put up on her. We rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, take your hands off of Sister Darlene. Take your hands off her neck. Take your hands off her shoulder. Oh, God, here we are praying right now. Move by your mighty hand because we know your power. You have the power, God, to speak. You have the power to do all things. God, speak your power into her body right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you because we have the authority. We have the authority to speak. We speak healing. We speak healing. We speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. God, go and touch her and comfort her. And we thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you because you're going to heal her. And we believe it by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. We thank God for everybody being on. Uh, we thank God. We got Beatrice on. Uh, like I said, and, and, and Wanda, you snuck in on me. We thank God. I didn't know you was on. And we thank God for Charvine being on. And, and Beatrice, we're looking to see you with that pretty baby. Uh, we're looking to see you back in the house of the Lord. We miss you. We love you. And like I said to, to all of y'all, y'all are precious. I, I, I would dare, I would dare try to mislead God, precious people. I love y'all. And, and listen, let's... Love you. Yep, love y'all. Where are you? Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. All righty. And, and Tierra, I see Tierra there. We, we, we appreciate y'all. We love all of y'all. All right, we'll see y'all on Wednesday night, the Lord's will. All right, love y'all. We still praying for your husband, Yolanda. All right. All right. Love y'all. All right.